Vineyard Church audio podcast. I'm Crispin Schroeder. Today on the podcast, we have our special Easter edition, Resurrection Sunday, which we celebrated just a few days ago. And uh, making her debut uh, at our Easter service on this message is, uh, most people know her as one of our worship leaders here at North Shore Vineyard, uh, but she is making her speaking debut here uh, on the Easter service. So the first Easter service in last seven years that I've actually not spoken. So this is a real treat. Uh, Faith Wilson has some great words to share. So let's go ahead and head to the talk. North Shore Vineyard Church, downtown Covington. Thanks for listening. So making her North Shore Vineyard speaking debut on Easter, no less, on Easter, give it up for Faith Wilson. I never get this kind of... I'll do a little shameless plug for those of us who enjoy yoga. We have yoga tomorrow night because that wasn't announced for some reason. Oh, my glasses are blurry. I can't really see very well. Okay. What's that? Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to be reading from Matthew um, 27, 57 through 66. This is the message translation. Late in the afternoon, a wealthy man from Arimathea, a disciple of Jesus, arrived. His name was Joseph. He went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate granted his request. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in clean linens, put it in his own tomb, a new tomb only recently cut into the rock, and rolled a large stone across the entrance. Then he went off, but Mary Magdalene and the other married stayed, sitting in plain view of the tomb. After sundown, the high priests and Pharisees arranged a meeting with Pilate. They said, Sir, we just remembered that that liar announced while he was still alive, after three days I will be raised. We've got to get that tomb sealed until the third day. There's a good chance his disciples will come and steal the corpse and then go around saying he's risen from the dead. Then we'll be worse off than before, the final deceit surpassing the first. Pilate told them, you will have a guard. Go ahead and secure it the best you can. So they went out and secured the tomb, sealing the stone and posting guards. So I grew up in a charismatic Christian church, and Easter Sunday was like the big deal. Besides Christmas, Easter Sunday was it. And we um, had these Um, presentations, these productions we would do every year. It was like our pride and joy. And if you got to be in that production, it was a big deal. So everyone would come with their fancy Easter outfits on, 
their fancy Easter hats. Sometimes I even wore gloves because that's what you do when you're a little kid and you get to wear a fancy dress. <laughs> and we would have the whole stage um, set up. The stage was probably the size of this room. It was huge. It was like a four, three, 4,000 person auditorium. And they would have these Roman guards come in. And my dad was a Roman guard a few, a few years in a row. <laughs> I remember seeing him dressed in all the Roman clothes. And they would flog Jesus, beat him, nail him to the cross, and then they would put him in the tomb. And then Saturday, I think, was kind of skipped over, or I have no memory of Saturday. It just wasn't really portrayed. But Sunday was like the pinnacle. Like it was the big deal. The, the room would be full of darkness, and then all of a sudden you'd hear this rumble coming through. It was like thunder coming through the auditorium. Our, our seats would shake. Like we would feel the vibrations. Then all of a sudden a strobe light would start going off, and then the dry ice machines would release the fog, and the whole room would be full of fog, and then a spotlight would shine on the tomb. And out comes Jesus in his white clothes with his angels on each side of him. And then the choir would erupt into this amazing, like, four-part harmony gospel song. The entire place was up on their feet, erupting and, and clapping and an ovation and celebratory praise. So it was, like, huge. So that was my Easter. That's how I knew Easter. We didn't really do the Easter egg hunts or anything like that. It was that. That was my memory. So as I grew older, I realized that I was having a hard time connecting with what Easter really meant. What was this death and resurrection about Jesus? What was it really all about? Was it anything like my childhood memories of these Easter productions? What in the world was happening to Jesus on Saturday? As we read in other scriptures, after Jesus was resurrected, he was not even recognizable. So I think, was Saturday, the day that we don't really hear about, was that the day that he was being transformed? Maybe that was his transformational day. So it hasn't been hard for me to insert myself into the stories that I hear and that I've read about Jesus. The Samaritan woman thrown at Jesus' feet, being exposed I can relate with that. I can kind of put myself there and empathize and sympathize and, and see it from her shoes. I could see what it would feel like to be the prodigal son or his brother or the parent, the dad. I'm a parent, so I can imagine. I, could, I don't have a hard time imagining what that would feel like. Or even to be like the zealot Peter, that feisty, passionate know-it-all. Yep. I've been there too. <laughs> so it's not hard to imagine what it would be like to be in those stories or to be possibly them, to insert myself into those stories. But the Easter story has just been a wrestling match for me. You know, typically we look at death and we accept it as part of this life that we have. It's not that we like it. It's not that we want it to happen, but we know it's going to happen. And most of us, if you're anything like me, don't necessarily expect to be resurrected after you're buried. Um, I've heard of a few people 
across the world um, being buried and then people praying for them and then being resurrected. So maybe that's happened, but typically that's not what we're expecting. You know, we're expecting to die, to be buried. So how do we connect with this story of what happened to Jesus and what Jesus did? What if this story represents so much more than the traditional salvation story we've grown to know? What if this story is a beautiful reflection of God's solidarity with us? Emmanuel, God with us. A God who knows and sits with us and our deepest sorrow our pain, our betrayal, humility, sickness, death, and grief. Because he experienced it himself. He inserted himself into our story. Which means we aren't alone. We're deeply loved by Christ. The one who chose to let love speak a better word. He chose love in the midst of death, grief, and waiting. So could it be that in death, grief, and waiting, transformation takes place? Could Saturday, the time of waiting, be the power and love of God transforming us on the inside? You know, all of us have, or maybe will one day face our Fridays. Broken relationships, shattered dreams, hopes dashed, finances ruined, lives lost. We will experience a grief that will feel like there's no way anyone could ever understand. It's pretty isolating when you're going through something like that. You feel like no one could ever understand. We will face a Saturday of waiting, wondering when and if the pain and sorrow will ever cease, holding our breath, waiting for Sunday. And in that waiting, we have the opportunity to experience God's solidarity, his grace, his transformational love, refining us to be more like him, more like love. And we can know Sunday will come. Recently, um, I experienced what I would call an inexplicable death in my heart. A person didn't die, but it felt like a relationship did. And with that, the hope that I had been clinging onto died. It was grueling. It felt like literal roots in my heart were being ripped out. I was grieving in a way I didn't even realize was possible I could grieve. Because it wasn't like a real death, but it felt like death. I had no words to explain what I was feeling, and I tried. I kept trying to name what it was. And in this season of Lent, all I could muster, like the only thing that would come out of my mouth was, 
God, this feels like my Friday. This feels like Friday. And in my heart, I sensed the faintest whisper, Sunday will come. So I held on to that. I felt very strongly that I was not to rush this process. It felt very sacred that I was to lean into this grief and let myself sit in my Saturday of waiting. One night in the midst of all of this, I was startled awake. Like It felt like I had been underwater in my sleep, rushing, trying to get to the surface of the water to gasp for breath. And I literally sat up and just took in the biggest gasp of breath you could imagine. And I woke up, my heart was racing, and I heard this phrase on repeat in my heart, buried beneath the waters of your love, over and over and over again, buried beneath the waters of your love. I cried out to God, and I asked the Spirit to do a complete work in my heart through this death that I was experiencing. I knew that while I felt buried in this grave of grief, that there was work being done. I knew Sunday was coming, but I wanted God to release and resurrect my heart by his doing when it was ready. So this poem was birthed from this process, from this experience. So if you will, close your eyes and imagine yourself, insert yourself into this poem. Imagine Christ as you listen. Friday is here, buried beneath the waters of your love. Do not let me rise until the fire of your love is done, until the surgery on this heart is complete, until my true Sunday has come. Renew, redeem, revive, rebirth, resurrected, alive. Let us remember Christ on Friday as we remember all he endured to show his inescapable love and solidarity. Let us be mindful to wait, to be still in our Saturday, knowing that even in the waiting, Christ is with us. In silence and grief, he knows. Let us rejoice when our Sunday has come, knowing, too, that Christ in his love could not be contained by death. In the same way, death will not overtake us. Sunday will come. Amen. Thank you, Faith. Why don't y'all stand? I just want to pray a blessing over everyone in here before we leave. Lord, we pray for those going through Fridays right now, those who are going through darkness, those who are going through struggle. 
whether relational, whether physical, financial, employment, or those who are walled in by anxiety and depression, those who are throbbing in pain, God, we pray right now that you would do your work or that you would be formed in our hearts, God. And we thank you this morning that resurrection life will come forth, Lord. We thank you that your grace is sufficient, God. And there's nothing that can separate us from your love. So we speak life to those who are broken today, God. We speak life to those who are struggling. And we thank you, Lord, that this morning we remember how death couldn't hold you, God. And that you've offered us the same life, God. So may you go in the power of the resurrection this morning. You may experience the grace of God even in your struggles. May he bring forth life in your hearts and in your relationships. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all. A quick service today. Faith's going to be invited back to talk again. <laughs> hey, God bless you. Have a happy Easter. I'm going to go marry some people here in a second. and uh, See you next Sunday. <laughs>